Listen, we're not, we're not just going to play games. We're not going to play games. I'm talking to you like a pastor right now. Listen, listen, we're going to go after the presence of God. We're going to have revival or nothing. We're going to have revival or nothing. We're going to have revival or nothing. We're gonna, our hearts are going to burn for God or we're going to have nothing. We're not going to have lukewarm. We're not going to have cold. We're going to be on fire or we're going to have nothing in this place. But anyway, back to this. All that to say this, right, man, God, God, God really put in my heart a, just a passion for fire. And I have a passion for revival. Woo. And, and it's just been burning in my heart. It's been burning in my heart. Been burning. It's, Michelle will tell you if you've been to my house, man. She she finds me praying at night. Lynette will tell you she lives with us, my mother-in-law. She, you find they've been finding me praying in the morning. Been finding me praying at night. That's all I've been doing is seeking God because I'm, I'm, I'm I want God to do something. I want God to do something. And as I was praying that night at, at revival, God said this. He said He said wear it and declare it. He said if you want revival then wear it and declare it. And, and so I showed you last week, and listen, we can throw that picture back up. We're getting a t-shirt made up um, that just literally says revival on it. So what I would literally want you, every single one of you, I know it's simple, I want every one of you to just find $20 now. Go ahead and plan, go ahead and plan to buy these shirts. I'm getting some in. They're going to be here in the next few weeks. And, and, and we're going to be wearing this thing around because I think there's something powerful about making a proclamation in our schools. Come on, even when we don't open our lips, we're saying, man, we are carriers of revival. When we wear that shirt, we're saying we're carriers of revival. And so I want you to go and just get planned. Plan to get $20, man, and, 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 and buy this shirt. And, I, and I'm going to get some beanies made up and stuff, too. It might, might not be in December when I get all that done, but by the time we get to January, we'll have them. But the other thing God said to do was declare it. The other thing he said to do was declare it. And as I was seeking God about what do you mean by declare it, what do you want us to declare? I mean, I wrote this down in my journal. And we're going we're gonna to repeat this together here in just a second. But this is, God, this is what God said we're going to declare as a youth ministry. Okay, this is what we're going to declare as a youth ministry. This is that we are a generation in revival. We are a church in revival. We are a city in revival. Revival is breaking out in our schools. Revival is breaking out in our homes. Revival is breaking out in our hearts. And we will never settle for anything less. I don't know about you all, but that gets me excited right there. That gets me excited. So here's what we're going to do as a youth ministry. We're going to declare this together. I'm going to say it, and then you're going to repeat it after me. Are you ready? Come on, let's do this. Let's declare this. Let, let's, let's let the devil hear us declare this. Come on. Let's let the devil hear us declare this. Some people say, you don't want the devil to hear that. No, no, I want him to hear that. That's the one I want to hear it. We're going to stir up this lukewarm attitude in our church, in our youth ministry. Come on, let's declare this together. Say, we are a generation in revival. We are a church in revival. We are a city in revival. Revival is breaking out in our schools. Revival is breaking out in our homes. Revival is breaking out in our hearts. And we will never settle for anything less. Come on, can we give God some praise right there? Can we let him know that we mean business? <sighs> Father, we love you, sir. I thank you for a generation in revival. I give you praise for it. I give you praise for it. But, Father, it starts in our hearts. Before it ever gets to our schools, before it gets to our homes, before it gets to our city, before it even gets to this church, it starts in our hearts.
And that's what we want to talk about tonight. Lord, thank you for a generation with hearts that are burning. In Jesus' name, amen. Go to, go to Luke chapter 24. Stay there, Mac. Stay there, Mac. Luke chapter 24. I want to read a passage of scripture here. So what we're going to look at here is, is really, this is, this is three days after Jesus' crucifixion, and it's the day of his resurrection. The day he was raised from the dead, um, this is the day of. And it says this right here, that that same day that two of them, two of the disciples, not, not the 11, not the 12 disciples, but two other disciples were walking um, to the village Emmaus, about seven miles out of Jerusalem, and they were deep in conversation going over all these things that had happened. And watch this, in the middle of their talk and questions, Jesus came up. I wish I had time to talk to you about the power of a conversation. I wish I had time to talk to you about how much God loves it when we talk about him. In fact, in Malachi chapter 3 and 16, it says that those who feared the Lord gathered together and talked about it. And then the Bible says this right here. It says that God loved it so much that he wrote a book of remembrance about it. So what that says to me is every time that we get together and talk about God, whether it's in our schools or whether it's even via text messages, I think it catches God's attention. And it's amazing because I, I wonder why, why Jesus didn't appear to anybody else but these two guys. Because they were having a conversation about Jesus. Can I tell you something? You're never wasting your time at school, even if it's just two of you sitting around a lunch table talking about the Word of God. It is catching God's attention. Don't treat it lightly if you think you're going you're gonna to win your whole school in three weeks, but it, at the end of three weeks, there's only four of you. Listen, it catches God's attention. So much so, listen, that Jesus came up and walked along with them. Man, that's good. But watch this. But they weren't able to recognize him. They weren't able to recognize him. Go down to uh, verse 28. We're going to skip to 28. They had this whole conversation with Jesus. And then it says this right here. They came to the edge of the village. They were at the end of their walk where they, where they were headed. They acted as if, and then Jesus, he acted as if he were going on by, but they pressed him and said, stay and have supper with us. It's almost evening. The day is done. So he went in with them, and here's what happened. He sat down at the table with them, taking the bread. He blessed and broke and gave it to them. Watch this. At that moment, open-eyed, wide-eyed, they recognized him, and then he disappeared. It's amazing. I'm going to come back to that here in just a second. Verse 32 is what I want to get at. Back and forth they talked. As soon as Jesus disappeared, they began to talk about it. And they said, didn't we feel on fire? Whoo! Didn't we feel on fire as he conversed with us on the road? As he opened up the scriptures for us, didn't we feel on fire? Didn't we feel that passion? Didn't we feel that burning? We felt something different. And what's amazing to me, what's amazing to me is, is, is when he showed up and, 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 and when they recognized him, he disappeared. I said, I said, God, why, why didn't you do that? And then he spoke to my heart. And he said, because I wasn't there to appear to them. I wasn't there to reveal myself to them. I was there to get their fire burning again. So what do you mean by that? Could you imagine being one of the disciples and walking with Jesus? 
Come on, can you be? Can you imagine believing wholeheartedly that Jesus is the Messiah and He's going to change the world and He's going to be here forever and He's going to set up the kingdom? And you're on fire and you're telling everybody, and then He dies. These men who had been on fire for God, there was a flame burning in their heart just three days before it all began to be doused and it began to just, the devil literally threw uh, a, a water over their fire and was able to almost put it out when Jesus died. And so Jesus showed up not to appear to them and not to even reveal himself to them. He came to get their fire burning again. I wonder how many of us need Jesus to get our fire burning again. I wonder how many of us have allowed situations and circumstances and people and disappointments to put our fire out. I wonder how many of us have neglected the fire so much that there's not been much of one in your heart. I want to talk about this for just a few minutes. Mac, are you okay to just play for me? I love it when you play. Whoo, glory to God. You know, the other day we had a we had a Halloween party at our house, um, in a little, little block party, little block party, and um, I was responsible for like the fire pits. And although I am a country boy, I didn't camp a whole lot, and so I don't really I'm not that good at starting fires. Um, it's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> I'm not that good at starting fires. I'll be honest with you. And so I did all this thing, and, and literally after like 10 minutes, I could not get these fires going. I was doing everything that I knew to do to get these fires going. And, and, and finally, as I was like walking away to go get some gasoline, because I'm about to just torch this mug. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just about to douse this thing with, I'm going to get this thing on fire. I'm going to burn somebody's eyebrows off in the process. But I'm going to get this thing on fire. And, and it literally took me like 10, uh, 10 minutes, and as I walked away to go get some gasoline, there were some Boy Scouts like showed up. I was like, come on, somebody. They got that fire going in like two minutes. They had that thing like a blazing. And I'm like, this is embarrassing. <laughs> These little kids get this thing on fire. Um, and, and, and so it just got me thinking as I was thinking about it. I was thinking about the, the scripture. I wonder how many of us don't know how to start a fire in our hearts. I wonder how many of us don't even know what it means for our hearts to be burning. I wonder how many of you have been in church your entire life and have never been on fire for God. I wonder how many of you have just been coming to church for maybe a few weeks or a few months and you're just kind of trying to figure out what is this Jesus thing and you don't know what it means to be on fire for God. What does this mean? What does it mean to be on fire for God? And I want to talk about that for just a few minutes because listen, can I tell you something about a fire? You have to feed it. I'm going to give you something very simple tonight. I'm going to give you something very, very simple because it's something that if you'll do it, it'll change your life. It'll, it'll change your life. I can personally tell you that when I did this as a 16-year-old um, junior, I think I was a junior in high school, when I began to do this, it changed my life permanently permanently. And so I want to talk to you about this for just a second. Can I tell you something? You can't, listen, you can't be on fire for God and only feed it once a week. I want to talk to you about this for just a second. You can't be on fire for God and feed that fire once a week. Listen, the problem 
with Christianity today is that we feed the fire once a week and expect it to set us on fire for a lifetime. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever had a, had a friend, or maybe, yeah, you wouldn't be this annoying. How many of you have ever had a friend that got a girlfriend or got a boyfriend? You remember that? Anybody have a friend? Because I'm not going to use you as an example because you wouldn't be this annoying. I don't think. Yeah, you would. Yes, you would. How many, how many, how many girls know that, that when one of your friends gets a boyfriend, it's like all they talk about, right? And you're like, oh, MG, shut up. Dudes, how many of y'all know when, when, you, when one of your buddies gets a girlfriend, you just lost your, like, your hangout boy? Like, you are never hanging out again. You're never hanging. You'll never see them, ever, except passing by at school every now and then, maybe. And that's as long as she's there. You know what I'm saying? Like, why is that? Why is that? Why, 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 why is that all you want to talk about when you, when you get a boyfriend? Why is that all you want to do when you, get, when you get a girlfriend? Why? Because your heart is on fire for that person. Oh, you're not with me right now. Because, because it begins to stir your heart and, and emotions are running and, and your heart is on fire. Your heart beats in your chest and, and there's something that happens in you where all you want to do is talk about them and all you want to do is spend time with them. How can we, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get you for just a second. How can we say we love God with all of our heart and never talk about him? We say we love God, we want everything he has for us, but then we never spend time with him. God, God, we want your plan for our lives, but I'll see you on Wednesday. That's if I don't have too much homework. Imagine, imagine if you got a, come on dudes, imagine if you got a girlfriend and you told her, hey, I will see you on Wednesday if, if I feel like it. Imagine if you told her that, said, I, I, I'll see you once a week for an hour and a half and I'm going to be, and I'm just going to sit there and stare at you. I'm not really going to talk to you. I'm just going to kind of be there. And you know what? I I'm, I'm really don't even want to be there. I'm just going to kind of, you know, be there because you want me to be there or because my parents want me to be there. Do I even need to say it? Do I even need to say it that that's how we treat God? I'll see you once a week, Yanni, as long as, you know, as long as I don't have too much, as long as I don't have a banquet or something. And wonder why we are so mediocre and why the world wants nothing to do with us. We don't have a fire. And why would a world want to come to a church that's passionless? Billy Graham said this, Billy Graham, if you guys don't know who Billy Graham is, some of y'all, I realize I'm kind of getting old, you guys don't know the same people I know. Billy Graham won more people to Jesus in America than anybody in the history of the world. 
Besides the Apostle Paul and one other guy that I can think of, he's won more people to Jesus than anybody else. They ask him at the end of his life, at this, because he began to end his ministry, began to wind down, and said, do you have any regrets, Billy Graham? Do you have any regrets? And he said, yes, I have one major regret. He said, I wish I would have worked with the churches more. Because what happens is we won the church, we, we won people to Jesus, we got millions and millions of people saved, but we sent them into a church that didn't have revival. And he said, because of all that, everything we did was almost for nothing. What is this thing we call church? What is this thing you call church? Ooh, come on, where's my worship team? Come on up here. Where's my worship team? We're going to do something different tonight. I don't care whether you're a believer in here or not. No, just come straight up. Come on. Oh, they're going around. They're going around fast. They're running. I'm tired of it. I'm just, I'll be real. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of being a nice pastor and just accommodating all your way of thinking. I tried that. It didn't work. We're going to have the presence of God. I'm going to give you a chance to redo worship because worship today sucked. Not because they didn't do a good job, because you all sucked. Can I be real? Hope I don't get fired. I think I saw Pastor Matt a second ago. We have the best worship team in the freaking city. We have the best youth worship team in the city. And y'all just stand and stare at them, including my interns. Just stand and stare at them. I'll see no passion. Trey is bouncing around and pouring his heart out, trying to lead you in worship. And y'all staring at him. If I was Trey, I would have done quit. I would have walked out on you. I would have went, went back here and had my own praise break. I went back here to my own praise break. I said, I don't care if there's four of you come back next week. We're going to have the presence of God. We're going to have the presence of God. And that's what it's all about. I'm going to give you a chance to redo worship. Can you do sinking deep? Stand up on your feet. Come down here to the altar. We're going to do something different. I'm not going to do an altar call tonight for a couple of you because you all need this message. Every one of you need this. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you one more thing before we go into this message. I was thinking about it the other day. Before we go into the song, I was thinking about it the other day. The other day I was eating an orange. Anybody ever eaten an orange that had a seed in it? I looked at that orange seed. This one, you can make some space. Move forward. Come on. We're gonna make some, we're gonna get to this altar. Hold on, don't build behind me yet. Don't build behind me yet. Come on, stay down. Stay down. That orange seed. Did you know in Kansas, we have some of the most fertile soil in the world? It's the most fertile soil in the world. But I was thinking about this orange, this orange. And I see about this orange seed. And I looked around, I said, you know what? I don't see any orange trees. Why aren't there any orange trees in this fertile soil? We have the best soil in the world, bro. Why don't we have any? We have the, it's hot enough sometimes 
And here's why. Do you know why we don't have any orange trees in Kansas? Because although we have the best soil, and although the seed is good, it doesn't stay hot enough. You didn't get me right now. It doesn't stay hot enough here for that thing to grow. There are some things God wants to do in your heart that require a certain temperature. And it requires not just a certain temperature once in a while, but you have to sustain a certain temperature if you want that to grow in your heart. And so right now, we're going to go into this worship song. Come on, and we're going to let the, let the fire of God burn in our hearts. Come on, are you ready to worship God? Come on, are you ready to worship God?